This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It is always a pleasure. We're live. This is not a podcast. This is not a recording. This is real until it becomes a podcast, until it becomes a recording that you can always listen to later. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. And I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to thank you for your time. Your time is precious, and I do appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, it is a beautiful day in the city of Chicago, and I hope it's beautiful where you are, wherever you are in the world. I hope it's treating you fairly. I hope you're in great spirits. Don't let, do not let um, the current problems in the world get you down. Stay smiling, stay positive, stay wonderful. And, uh, you know, like the song says, stand up and be counted, you know. All right. Mmm. Rush delivery on tax disaster. They're trying to rush this thing to through Congress. They're uh uh it's on its way to the Senate. It's a disaster. And you know, whenever you see the Republicans a, re, a, a photograph of the Republicans, they're always old white men. You don't see anybody of color among these folks. It's always Mitch McConnell, Donald Trump, Paul Ryan, and the rest of these clowns who are dead set on screwing America. But first I want to say, as you probably probably have heard, my mouth is messed up, you probably have heard, more than likely you have heard, unless you've been living under, under a rock, that Matt Lauer has been fired from his today job. He's been fired. He's gone. That's it, you know. And a lot of the other folks are getting fired for some of the, for the same thing, sexual harassment. Not so much as sexual assault, but sexual, sexual harassment. And um, it's bad. It's really bad. The men are going down like, I don't know what. I mean, men are going down. They're losing their jobs left and right. I mean, even in the private and public sector down here on the main street of America. Uh, guys are losing their jobs in the workplace because they're putting their hands where they should not be on some of these uh, women. And that's bad. I mean, if, you are, if you're a millionaire, and Matt Lauer is probably a millionaire, he's a, an attractive man. I mean, he would have no problem getting women, getting laid. So why would, <laughs> why would you want to put your hand, hands on someone and uh, and it's not consensual, you know, it's, it's, if it's not consensual, it's wrong. Even if a woman does it, if a woman gropes a man and it's not consensual, it's wrong. Either way, it's wrong. And uh, he's lost his job for it. And a lot of other guys have lost their jobs uh, for this. They've been fired because they have uh, done wrong and rightly so. But, by, but saying that, folks, is just that Majority of the, the men who have been accused of sexual harassment through investigation, this proves to be true. It's no more allegations. It's facts. It becomes facts. Why isn't the groper in chief 
the king of sexual harassment, Donald Trump thrown out of the White House. Matt Lauer, he may have done what they say he has done. And some people saying that it's factual because they've investigated uh, uh, this, the claim, and it, they say it's true, okay? Trump, Donald, I don't understand why Trump gets a pass. Donald Trump, uh, Harvey Weinstein, uh, I mean, let me say, uh, Matt Lauer, Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, all of these people who have been brought down, all these famous people, well-known people, loved people, beloved people have been gone gone down for uh, bad behavior with women. But Trump is still standing, and he has he has sexually harassed, sexually assaulted more than these guys could have ever done. He is the biggest sexual harasser, sexual harasser out there, and he gets a pass. Nothing happens to him. He doesn't lose his job. He doesn't go to jail. He doesn't face the reality of, of, of what's going on. Now he's saying that that infamous uh, Access Hollywood uh, tape is fake. He's saying it's fake now. The minute uh, when it came out a few months ago, he was apologizing for it. He admitted that he was, in some instances, he, he admitted what he's, that was him on the tape, and he apologized for what he, what he was saying. He admitted to it. Now, that same tape, he's now coming out and saying it's fake. It's fake. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. Um, The Republicans don't give a damn about who commits sexual assault or sexual harassment against women. They don't care. They don't give a damn. But they know that America cares. They know that mainstream uh, Americans care about it. That's, but personally, they don't give two craps about it. I mean, look, look how they are supporting some of them. Some of them, some of them, are supporting Roy Moore, and and the allegations against him, in some cases, have been proven. And now he's trying to lie his way out of it. And still, in all, there are some people in Alabama saying that regardless of whether he. Uh, dated under underage girls or not, or committed rape or not, that they're going to still vote for him because they'd rather vote for him than, than to see a Democrat in that seat that he's running for. That's pathetic. I mean, even the governor of Alabama said, well, I'm going to vote for Roy Moore because I don't want to see a Democrat in that seat. But he has committed sexual assault. Uh, maybe even rape for dating underage girls. Well, we don't care anything about that. We know that we don't want a Democrat in that seat. So we're going to go with supporting Roy Moore, who is our candidate. But he, 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 he's a rapist. We don't care. Uh, excuse me, I have to go. Alleged rapist. Because a lot of these uh, allegations against some of these 
uh, uh, men who have been fired from their jobs. They're just allegations until until they are proven true in court. However, but a, a lot of these guys have, you know, admitted that that they've done wrong in this instance. In this instance, they admitted that they've done wrong. I mean, you got John Conyers. He he uh, uh, he it. Well, he hasn't admitted anything as I know of, but I know Al Franken has apologized. And Kevin Spacey, the actor, he apologized. Um, there are some other folks who have apologized for their actions, but not Donald Trump. And we know <laughs> he's a sexual harasser in chief. Not Donald Trump. He's trying to lie his way out of it. Donald Trump talks like we're crazy, like we don't know what's going on. You know, he he's now saying that the Access Hollywood tape is fake, where he says, where he talks about grabbing women by their gentles and women will let you do it if you're famous and all that kind of thing. These words are coming out of his mouth. And Access Hollywood itself, they lashed back out at Donald Trump and saying, hey, folks, the guy's lying. The tape is authentic. He said every single word. We know that the tape's authentic. Donald Trump is just trying to weasel his ass out of something that he apologized for uh, as he was uh, campaigning and running for president. Soon after he uh, became president, he apologized. Now he's saying, I didn't apologize. Because it it's fake. Donald Trump lies through his teeth, even though we have proof on tape that he said these things, <laughs> and he still lies. I mean, he's a pathological liar. He's one of those liars who can't help but to lie because there's something mentally wrong with this guy. Okay, uh, thanks for listening to the George Walter Jr. Show. Uh, Al Twan Nelson, uh, is uh is my guest to, today tonight whatever about conquering distressful times boy could we use some of that because it's a lot of people out here who are totally totally distressful depressed and a lot of people are this uh distressful and depressed and down because of the government the, the kind of government that we have now and i always say i mean it's christmas time i mean you know, the holidays are coming at at the uh, uh, recording and broadcasting of this show. So it, it's a joyful time. Do not let Donald Trump and the asshole Republican uh, ruin your day, ruin your Christmas, ruin your New Year's, ruin your life. These people, uh, they're only in office for a short time. You get the right people in, they're going to reverse everything that these assholes have tried to do or is doing to try to bring America down. That's the way I see it. You know, I mean, if they're going to push some kind of um, tax reform uh, through Congress, even if it passes and this guy signs it, the next president and the Democratic Congress can, you know, make some changes on that. Try to put things like they were and in some instances make uh, things a lot better for you and me and the rest of America. But now we got an asshole in the White House and the Republicans refuse to do anything about him. So
So by them refusing to do anything about Donald Trump, even though he's guilty as hell of everything <laughs> that they say he is, because he's proven it, uh, means that they're just aiders and betters. Means it means that they're just as bad as he is, and they are. All right, still trying to make the world a better place. George Wilder is still trying to make the world a better place. We are still trying to make the world a better place. Someday we'll get there, but we can't give up. We can't stop. We just, we have to keep going. Okay, hate has no home here. I mean, if you're about hate and destruction and you hate people, you're racist, uh, uh, like the president and um, some of his followers, um, you have no home here. If you don't want to see life get, I mean, if you do not care about people, you think people are, other people are are, are pigs, and <laughs> then you have no home here. You know, great opportunities to help others seldom come, but the small ones surround us every day. Be nice to one of them. Uh, can I say that again? Be nice to one another. It is so easy. And always pick up a copy of my ebook. Short story, Finding Christmas. It will read it. You you will feel a lot better, um, and the story will stay with you. Stay with you. All right, uh, Finding Christmas. You can find that on <laughs> Finding Christmas. You can find that on um, Amazon. It's an ebook. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me right here. On Blog Talk Radio, I was thinking about, you know, changing to another format, going somewhere else with my show. But um, as long as things are okay here, I'll probably remain until I can't do it no more. But um, I love the show. I love the guests who comes on the show. I mean, this is a variety show, I think. Uh, we talk about a, a number of things. and A lot of authors have appeared on the show and will continue to appear to appear on the show, but we'll, but this show is all about, you know, making the world a better place, whether you're an author, a doctor, a lawyer, musician, it, it's all about making the world a better place. So if you want to, there's no problem getting on the show. All you got to do is just send me your bio to my, uh, to my email. I'll check it out and I'll get back to you. That's it. And if you want to know what my email address is, uh, you can always Google me on and Google, Google me, and you'll find out uh, how to get in touch with me. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Um, okay, I want to talk a little bit more about this rush delivery on this tax disaster. You know, I mean, these guys are, okay, the Senate tax bill hurdles towards passage, clears another procedural vote. You know, I, I'm thinking it's dead on arrival, but they're still saying that this thing could pass. And as long as the Republicans are in office, they're going to keep trying to pass legislation that you and I know will hurt Americans. And they are always trying to say, well, it's going to better our lives. The, the Republicans, they're not going to do anything to better your life. They are bought and paid for by their donors. Their donors, the corporations, the billionaires and millionaires, their donors are controlling them. They have admitted, a few of them have admitted, it's their donors that they're adhering to, not to the people who voted their asses in office, 
it's to the people who are lining their pockets with money. These are the people who they listen to, whom they listen to. They don't listen to you. They don't listen to me. And when after all, we're the ones who gave them their jobs. They listen to the people who are lining their pockets with money, and that's wrong. This is why when November 6, 2018, we have to clean out Congress. Clean, And a lot of them are afraid that they're going to lose their jobs, and still they will not do the right things. A lot of these guys, in, guys and girls in Congress, Republicans, who know they're going to lose their jobs or could lose their jobs, Next year, 2018, which is coming fast, they still refuse to do the right thing. They still want to kiss Trump's ass. And I don't understand that. They, the dumbest, the most stupidest, the most embarrassing president, the most know-nothing president, the most uneducated president in modern times, and they're following him. They're defending him they're kissing his butt left and right even when he doesn't want them to they're kissing his butt left and right even when he will throw them under the bus he will fire them or try to get them fired i can say this if a, if a lot of people uh in congress a lot of politicians in congress if they were working for trump <laughs> they would have been out of there he just fired them all in some instances Trump actually thought he could fire a senator or a representative. That shows you how much he knows about politics, the Constitution, or about history, or about anything. All right, let's get back to, <laughs> I'm passionate. Uh, the Senate tax bill hurdles toward passage, passage. Okay, the Senate came closer on Wednesday to approving a bill that cuts taxes mostly for corporations and the wealthy. Now, there is no more said. It's taking money away from the poor, vital social programs, and giving it to the millionaires and the billionaires. It's Robin Hood in reverse. Take from the poor, give to the rich. This is what these guys are doing. They may throw throw a little caveat at the poor, but that's it. Republicans had apparently not resolved several disagreements over the legislation, leaving key policy questions unanswered. They seem to be struggling most with the fact that the legislation would bring about a loss of revenue and therefore add to the national debt. The national debt. Now, I can say that three times, the national debt. In other words, this uh, bill that they're trying to get through Congress that may pass is detrimental to America and Americans. It will raise the national debt, but evil want and going to try to pass it. Many Republicans have argued that Contrary to the evidence and expert analysts, the tax cuts would boost economic growth so much that the um, lost revenue would be recouped by increased receipts uh, from surging business activity and personal spending. Those 
arguments are not carrying the day. I, I can understand that because that's total BS. That's total BS. That's total BS. And I'm hearing that the repeal of Obamacare is piggybacking in this tax bill. And I think that uh, I haven't seen it, but I'm 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 banking that uh, cuts to Planned Parenthood is also somewhere lingering uh, in this bill. So it's not going to give if it's passed, it's not going to give the Republicans everything they want, but it'll give them some things that they want. And what they want worse than anything is to give the millionaires and the billionaires a tax cut and to take from those who are more needier than ever. You know, I mean, this is a time where, I mean, homelessness, if you think about it, homeless, homelessness is at a all-time high, all-time high. Rents and mortgages are, are they're out of control, are out of control. Rents and mortgages. People are struggling. And um, it, it's bad. It's really bad. And then we got this tax bill that these guys trying to pass. It's just going to make things worse. But we're the people. So we have to try to find a way to fight this.
is the Dollamore Daily, and I'm Jesse Dollamore. Well, today, Donald Trump continued his obsessive assault on anything and everything Barack Obama accomplished during the eight years he served this country as president of the United States. This morning, it was announced that equality and freedom of speech, among many other fundamental concepts, do not matter to Donald Trump's Federal Communications Commission. Net neutrality is being scrapped and massive power is being transferred to multi-billion dollar corporations. The profits and power of these individual corporations who provide internet service is more valuable to this administration than your rights to access the internet freely. At their whim, these corporations will be able to curtail your internet access to anything and everything as they see fit. Let me give you a brief example. Comcast is one of the owners of Hulu. Under these new draconian rules, they will now be able to slow your internet service access to their competitor, Netflix, if they choose. They can throttle down speeds and make your consumption of a competing product a miserable experience. This opens the door for internet service providers to charge you more to access certain websites and content at their whim. This is bad for everyone. Look at it like this. Eliminating net neutrality will be like being forced by the government to take toll roads everywhere. Everywhere. Toll roads owned by massive corporations. Corporations that can set freeway speed limits to 20 miles an hour if they so choose. This creates a fertile atmosphere for monopolies which strangles competition, which is the lifeblood of creativity and innovation. We want more choices, not fewer. And Donald Trump, in his deranged mission to undo the Obama legacy, is smashing it all, even the aspects that were universally accepted as positive and beneficial for our society. Donald Trump doesn't care about what is best or even good for America and its citizens like you and me. He doesn't care about the catastrophe that this will most certainly be. He is only concerned about reversing progress if it was instituted by his overwhelmingly popular predecessor. He is a vapid, petty little man who is motivated by jealousy and envy. Now is the time to call your congressman and demand that Congress uh, intervene and make it law that the internet be regulated as a modern utility that it is. Force Donald Trump's hand because this isn't a partisan issue. This impacts everyone who uses the internet. This hurts Republicans in America just as much as it hurts Democrats. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Yeah, uh, Donald Trump is coming after the Internet. He, he's got to come after the Internet because he knows that most people on Facebook don't like him. So he's got, and some instances, he's coming after Obama, too. Anything that Obama has initiated, uh, signed into law by executive authority, Trump's coming after it. He wants to try to dismantle everything that Obama has done. It may, uh, in some cases, he wants to try to uh, get us to uh, stop thinking that um, Obama ever existed. That ain't going to happen. All right, you've been listening to the 
George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I do appreciate your time. Believe me. (laughs) All right, you're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Go right ahead. Hey, how's it going? Okay, Altwan Nelson. Yes, sir. How you doing? I'm doing fine, man. Thanks for doing the show. Thanks for coming aboard. Thanks for... uh, I don't know everything. And you're going to be talking about uh, conquering distressful times. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get through this conquering distressful times. That's um. Yeah. The book that I. All read. right. Okay, I want to introduce you again, Antoine Nelson on the George Wilder Jr. Show. He's going to be talking about uh, dress uh, stressful distressful times. And you know what? That's a good topic, man, because this time of year, a lot of people are uh, distressful, and a, a lot of people do need. Uh, that little bit of uplifting to try to get them through these, uh, maybe even through the holidays that, that are coming up. So give us a little bit of your bio, and then you can get, get into talking about your book. Okay. Um, I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, for mm-hmm. those that know anything about Atlanta, we have a term called Grady Baby. I'm, I'm a Grady Baby. Um, <laughs> let me see. Father, father of two. I'm a devoted father. Um, do mm-hmm. all that I can for my kids. Um, let me see. Screenwriter, and um, this would be my first book. I've written several screenplays. One is going into option. Um, I just finished working on the well, co-writing a, um, a TV show that's being pitched around. And um, oh, yeah, buy and sell cars. That. That's what. I, oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, buy and sell cars. <laughs> um, keep the money coming in for now. And um, mm-hmm. I also invest too. <laughs> oh wow! All right, tell us about your book. What's the title of it? And you know, the, the book is called um, "Conquering Distressful Times," and it's pretty okay. much um, well. Let's get through this conquering distressful times, and um, it's pretty much written to help people get through challenging times. So what I did was I took instances in my life. Um, that I struggle with heavily and I, I'm not a person to expose myself at all. Like I'm really like one of those low key people, but um, mm-hmm. I go through a lot and I counsel a lot of people, like a lot of people come to me with their issues. So now I'm actually um just opening up about things that I've gone through in life and how I got through them. And I also um, put activities in the book to help people get through activities and quotes because I'm, Anybody that follows me on social media, they'll tell you, like, I constantly, I don't know where it comes from, a divine source, but I constantly, I can come up with a quote about nearly anything within seconds. I just, I'm gifted in that area. So I started with quotes, and then I go into, you know, things that I was facing during certain parts of my life. And then, um, to me, a story isn't enough. A story can get you inspired, but what are you going to do to help yourself? So that's where the activities come in you know. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this book is based on some of your experiences that, you, that you're that you now using those experiences to try to help others who have may gone through some of the same things that you have. Yes, sir. Or it can be, um, or, it, or it uh, doesn't even have to be related to uh, some of the things I've gone through. The stories are oh, mainly okay. to let you know that you can't, the, the stories are for inspiration. Just to let you know that I was once going through something and, uh, you know, I was able to overcome it regardless of um, how frustrating and how hopeless I seem 
at the time mm. I still got through it. Mainly for mm. them um, outside of inspiration, you know, I would like them to really focus on the activities because that's what's going to help you okay. change the situation. It's actually work involved. Like if you're not really, okay. if you're not willing to work to actually change your life, then it wouldn't be a book mm. that you would probably be interested in. Okay, uh, let's say if someone came to you and they were distressful, they were just depressed, they were down, they they weren't feeling themselves. How would you motivate them to uh, conquer uh, uh, their stressful times? Well, it depends on what they're going through. Um, every uh-huh. situation well, requires um, a different answer. You know. Yeah. Um, but basically, being distressed, being um, uh, being distressed, being uh, depressed, basically, you know, those things are just, you know, how, how would you, uh, tell someone, uh, ma- motivate someone to stay positive? This is what your well, book is about. Figure I was... out, first of all, I figure out what it, what it is that they're going through. And uh-huh. then once I figure out what they're going through, um, I would assess the situation and I would point out the, the things, the blessings that they have in their life that they don't notice. A lot of a lot of times skip right over things. Most of us can hear, see, smell, taste, touch. A lot of people can't do that. A lot of people can't even walk, but most of us can. Um, let me see. Most of us have smartphones. Um, in certain parts in the world, they don't even have smartphones. Um, most of us have internet access. Certain people in the world don't have internet access. Um, most of us have family members that we can depend on. A lot of people don't have that. So I always start with what they do have. If you have a job, you might not like your job, but you do have a job. Imagine somebody that's unemployed and that doesn't know where they're going to get their next meal from. So we stand in there having a conversation. You do have some positive things going on. After I point those things out, then I try to get into whatever it is that they're going through. I have to give them some hope before I start trying to, you know, coach them through overcoming whatever challenge it is. What made you want to uh, uh, help people the way that you've uh, trying to help them? I mean, was it something in your life that motivated you to want to help others? I've been helping people ever since I can remember. It actually started with my mother. And I put that in mm. the book. Like, it started mm. with my mother. Uh, my mother ran sweet. And she, um, a lot of times she would sell her body to help us, you know, make ends meet. Um, or she just wanted things. She just knew how to get over on men. She had the gift of gal. Um, and she would talk to me about this stuff at like four or five years old. Like, yeah, I'm finna, you know, I need this, so I'm about to get ready to call this guy, you know, so I can get this mm-hmm. from. Him. And I would see the guy coming over. I would sit in the living room. They'd go in there and do what they had to do, and she'd get her money and, you know, put them out or what have you. <laughs> so it started with this, uh, yeah, like this. this yeah, you know, yeah. it started wow. with her just li- listening to yeah. her and you know responding. Go ahead. <clears throat> well, that that's great. That's beautiful. Your mom, your mom is the uh, uh, you you looked up to her quite a bit, and she taught you quite a bit. And here you are out here trying to motivate other people to be the best that they can be. Right. Yes, sir. Wow. And, uh, um. Go ahead. No, no. Okay. All right. Um, let's talk about your book. Um, why do you think people should pay attention to this book? Why do you think? Why do you think people should buy it? 
Um, I think most people um complain a lot. A lot of people complain a lot and not really they're not really willing to do anything to change. That's that's most of the people that I talk to on a daily basis. Um and then some people do want to change but they don't even know where to start. So if you are one of those two, um, I think you should de- the book is not gonna be for everybody. If you are already on the right track, then the book may not be for you. But if you're going through something and you're looking for a solution, then I would definitely suggest you pick it up. Because like I like I mentioned before, um, if you don't, let's mm-hmm. say you read it, you don't get anything from the quotes, you don't get anything from my stories, I guarantee you just the exercises in it that I'm going to walk you through pretty much, I guarantee you that will help transform your life. If you're going wow. through something distressful, whether whether it's you being frustrated about uh, something you, big or something simple, go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, do you have your book with you? Can you read us an excerpt? Um, sure. I'll I'll go to forgiveness. Okay. That that's the chapter. Okay. Um, that's the chapter I like the most. Okay. Okay, I'm scrolling down now. <laughs> One second. And that's my it's my favorite chapter in the book. Mm-hmm. Okay, one more, and then I'll be there. No, take your okay, time. Okay, here we go. I, I give you, I'll give you all the quotes I have for forgiveness, and then I'll give you one um one exercise. Okay, okay, forgiveness. You may be thinking about that person while they're somewhere having a good time and isn't worried about you at all. If they're controlling your thoughts, they're controlling you. It may be hard, but let let it go. Ask yourself, what will you really gain by trying to get back at them? Remember that you reap what you sow. Work on work on doing things that will make you feel better. If you complete the previous chapters, you should have activities. Even if those things are considered weird to others, do them. The goal is to get you to focus on something else so that you can let go. Stay away from things that will remind you of that person, as it may open up wounds. Instead of praying against them or praying for what you don't want, base your prayers around the things that you do want. Um, you get what you focus on. Take each day a day at a time. Trying to forgive yourself or the other party in one day will only overwhelm you. And that alone could cause you to want to take revenge step by step, day by day. If you have to converse with this person for any reason, keep the conversation very limited, under three minutes if possible. The longer you talk to them, the more you may feel emotional or do something to make them feel how you feel at the moment. During these times, be careful who you share your thoughts with. You're vulnerable, so someone may use your battle against you when you overcome it. If there are people that you feel you can trust, feel free to vent to them. Hopefully, it's more than one person that you can trust. Sharing too much information with a single person may cause them to be weighed down by your issues. If you have friends to vent to, be sure that they're level-headed. You don't want to confide confide in someone that's going to add fire to the flame by telling you to do something that will be detrimental to yourself or someone else. Success is the best revenge for anyone. When you have the urge to get back at the person, put that energy towards building a better future. It starts with taking the proper actions in the present time. And... um, I'll give you one of the activities. I'm scrolling past the stories now. Okay, hold on. Let me see. Twan Nelson on the George Wilder Jr. Show. He's reading an excerpt, folks. 
Yes, sir. Okay, I'm looking for, uh, let me see. Okay, I'll give you this one. <laughs> okay. at, at, um, assignment right. 2, chapter 5, where it says C5. Feelings. Feelings are something that we can't determine when they come or go off. However, it is very much possible to express them without the other person knowing. How do you know if you direct if you directly um, telling them from anything? How do you know if you directly telling them anything will affect them. The truth is you don't know. Your biggest concern is getting it off of your chest. If that's the case, write a letter for your eyes only about your feelings towards the other person. When completed, cautiously burn it. Every time you feel these feelings, write it and burn it until you don't have if until you don't have any more to say about them. That's one of the assignments for that particular wow. chapter. Alchuan, how is the book doing? How is it doing so far? Well, I haven't, we, we, I haven't released it yet. Oh, okay. I'm date thinking date. you published it. Yeah. All right. No, I, I didn't publish it yet. I pushed it back to January 19th. It was going to be released December 1st, but I started adding stuff to it. Okay. All right. Uh, so you are, you are done with the book. You're just uh, waiting for it to be published. And um, Okay. I, I, I got, go ahead. I was going to say, are you writing another one? Um, yes, I have um, several books lined up after this. Okay. I try to take them one at a time, but I do have yeah. um, the next yeah. one that I'll have um, is about eliminating toxic people. And then I'm working on one with my daughter called um, Why Daddy. Um, <laughs> I want to go. Nice. To, I, know, I know that's going to be the hottest one of them all, so I want to go to oh, wow. detail. You you will yeah. hear about that one, trust. Okay, all righty. Uh, can you tell us how to get in touch with you in case someone wants to get in touch with you and uh, ask you more about what you're doing and your book and and uh, your book of uh, conquering stressful times? How will we get in touch with you um, to I'm find out more information? I'm on um just uh, let me see. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. My name is. Al Twan, it's A L T as in Tom, U A W N, last name Nelson, N E L S O N. Mm -hmm. You Google that, everything will pop up. Yeah, yeah. Also, do you have um, a, uh, you, do you have a website? Yes, the website not sent around a book, it's sent around um, some other activities that we were doing in the community. Yeah, but it's, they can't um, get in touch with you there. Yeah. FN2S. It's FN, the number 2S, productions.com. All right, great. Is there uh, one more question, and, I, and then, then we have to go? One more question, okay, then we I got have one to go. More, one more contact. One more contact. If I, I, do, I do have a number that okay, I go. use if people want to get in contact. Okay. Oh. Okay. One eight hundred three zero four five seven eight one. Okay. Um, one last question. Um, if you wanted, if you if you still have something to say about your book or about what you do, uh, what is that? 
Um, what I do, you know, I'm one of those people that is crazy enough to think that they can save the world. Um, as I grow older, like, I realize like me, to, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm realizing that you have to take it one person at a time. Like you're not gonna be able to catch yeah. everybody. So, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's me. That's why I put so much positivity out, even if it's quotes, books, screenplays, everything is centered around just really just trying to help people. Mm-hmm. That's it. If it's me, it's never really about me. It's just centered around trying to help people and trying to provoke thought. Um, as far as the book, you know, I'm I'm working on mainly public relations and uh, marketing. Those are going to be the things I believe that will determine how well it does. If people know All right, about if it, you, I believe. Go ahead. I was going to say, as soon as you publish a book, I mean, come back on the show and you can push it on the show as soon as, as, soon as it comes out. And I want to thank you for coming on the show. Altron Nelson uh, and his book, Conquering uh, Dress, Stressful Times. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you're saying it's going to be out sometime in 2018. Oh, for sure. January 19th. Okay. I get All right. Thanks for being Okay, thanks for being on the show. No problem. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. All right. Al Tron Nelson uh, on the show talks about conquering uh, stressful times. All right, we're going to take a break right here if we can. Uh, Something just popped up on my screen, folks. (laughs) We're going to take a small break if we can. We We will be right back after this.
I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. I am confident now, even more so than I have been throughout the last year, that this nightmare presidency of Donald John Trump will end prematurely and end soon, and I am thus also confident that this is the correct moment to end this series of commentaries. The important stuff first. There are seven routes in front of Trump. Each inevitably ends in his impeachment or resignation. The first, the likeliest, became a thousand times more likely with the Thanksgiving news of a possible deal between Robert Mueller and General Michael Flynn. As I reported here as long ago as April 4th, the most specifically qualified expert alive on the subject of prosecuting a president, my friend, the Nixon White House counsel John Dean, put it to me very simply. Mueller is not shooting down. Mueller does not make a deal with Flynn to get Paul Manafort. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Jared Kushner. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Trump Jr. Mueller makes a deal with Flynn to get Donald Trump. Period. The Flynn deal report suggests Mueller has completely assembled the backbone of his case and is now just hanging the meat from it. And just as importantly, if Flynn has merely considered a deal from Mueller, it almost necessarily means Flynn either doesn't believe he would get a pardon from Trump or that Mueller, as I've also reported here, has succeeded in finding a way around Trump's pardon power. And either of these near certainties spell Trump's doom. So that's the most obvious of the seven ways for Trump to go now. Mueller really will get him on Russia. It will be ugly and it will tear this country nearly apart, but it will be necessary. The second way is, as I've also repeatedly suggested here, that Mueller doesn't really need to prove anything about Trump and Russian sabotage of the election. There seems to be so much obstruction of justice from the firing of James Comey to the lies about Trump Jr.'s meetings with the Russians, that it's hard to pick out a key player in the Trump inner circle who could not be guilty of it. Trump could be impeached on just obstruction of justice and a few lesser charges. Nixon was about to be. Or there is a third way. We could be spared the trauma of a Russia impeachment or an obstruction of justice impeachment as we were spared it with Nixon if Trump is smart or just sufficiently scared enough, and he resigns. Or if he isn't, those around him who could still sell themselves by selling him out will force him to resign. A modified version of this, of course, is the fourth possible outcome, that even if Mueller is months away from his denouement, the Republicans will impeach or remove Trump by spring purely to save their own asses. The state elections in Virginia and Oklahoma earlier this month show what could face Republican incumbents nationwide next November. Not only were Democratic victories overwhelming, but half of them were little morality plays. The 26-year-old lesbian beats the Republican in the district Trump won by nearly 40 points a year ago. The transgendered candidate in Virginia beats the guy who wrote an anti-equality bathroom bill. The boyfriend of a news reporter shot to death on camera beats the Republican pro-NRA candidate. I'll say it again. Richard Nixon was not forced out of office by Democrats, not really even by Watergate. Democrats controlled the Senate and the House every day Richard Nixon was president. They could have impeached him at any point. He resigned when the leading Republicans went into the White House and told him that not only would he be impeached and convicted, but he would take all of them down with him and they were not going to let him do that. So that's the fourth way out. Trump becomes more of an albatross to Republicans and more importantly more of a rallying cry to Democrats and the Republicans remove him before the midterms, and then, boastfully, run for re-election on having removed him. 
the fifth end game is the same thing, only faster. The Republicans around him pull off that palace coup that is perfectly legal under the 25th Amendment, and Mike Pence and Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell eject Trump by simply stating he is unfit and getting their majorities to agree he's unfit. And if you don't think Pence and Ryan and McConnell would do that, you didn't see Trump's crazy tweet about the Man of the Year Award or this thing in front of the Native Americans on Monday, and you don't know Pence and Ryan and McConnell. The sixth means by which Trump leaves early is, of course, that if the Republicans don't impeach Trump before the midterms, the Democrats will be able to after the midterms. If Virginia and New Jersey and Oklahoma are indicators, the Democrats could take the House and might need as few as 25 vulnerable Republicans in the Senate to vote guilty to remove Trump from office. But now there is a seventh new path to destruction for Trump, and it has bubbled up from the sewer of his life recently. And even with how Teflon he has been on this particular subject, it seems hard to believe the dam won't break. His sexual conduct as not one snowball, but a decade's worth of them have come down that hill, wiping out all the sleaze bags and emboldening and empowering the victims. It seems impossible to believe that some claimant somewhere does not have tangible evidence against Trump and that they won't say to hell with it and break one of those non-disclosure agreements and Trump will suddenly be envying Harvey Weinstein. Trump himself inadvertently has hinted at this. The New York Times buried the lead on this over the weekend. But it reported that earlier this year, Trump told a senator that the Access Hollywood pussy grabber tape was a fake. And he has said the same thing again recently to a White House staffer. He's obviously trying to work the refs of public opinion in advance for whatever is coming next, from a woman here or from Russia. So, I don't see any way out for Trump. Seven freight trains rushing at him. He might avoid a few. He might avoid six of them. He's not going to dance his way out from under all seven. And we, I think, should try to put ourselves in the mindset of those Americans who knew Richard Nixon was guilty as hell after John Dean finished testifying on June 27, 1973. But we're all left wondering if there would ever be a way to prove it. And we're left listening to a majority of the country saying Dean was lying and left watching nearly the entirety of the gullible news media saying this was nonsense. Why would a president, even one as crazy as Nixon, ever do this? And more importantly, even if he were somehow guilty, how would he ever be dumb enough to leave any evidence of his guilt? And 16 days later, it turned out Virtually everything in the Oval Office had been taped, and the ballgame was over, even though it would last another 13 months. Well, this ballgame is also over, and I don't think it's going to last another 13 months. And so this series is over. This was intended as something temporary, a two-month project by somebody who had given up politics. And instead it became 187 commentaries and around 225,000 words and something approaching 400 million views. And I am proud of it, and I repudiate none of it, and it has been my privilege to do it, and I'm especially proud to have done these videos for free and for charity. But frankly, I have not enjoyed one minute of it. As I'm certain it has also been for you, for me, it has been unadulterated pain and revulsion and horror. The process has become nearly 24-7, and I've said so much that I can and have recycled old commentaries from months ago, and they have been fully applicable to breaking news. We've come full <laughs> circle to such a complete degree that on Sunday, Trump tweeted a complaint about, quote, Russia, 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 
the title of the 46th episode of The Resistance from last March 14th was, quote, Russia, Russia, Russia. I've made my point. So now that I think the outcomes, the seven different inevitable outcomes, are unavoidable, I'd like to go back and enjoy some of my life again, and I'm going to. No illness, no scandal, no firing, just I've said what I've had to say. It was as obvious as I made it seem. I give my work everything I can, so it's not like I can dial it back. And I think even this dim-witted world of American political TV reporting, which is still calculating how to get Trump's idiot supporters to watch their networks and still waiting for Trump to pivot, even it can carry this the rest of the way. So I am retiring from political commentary in all media venues. This is not to say a bed of roses and reconciliation awaits us. The post-Trump America will be relieved of his prodigious evil, but in its place it will have Trump as living martyr. That prodigious evil and rank hypocrisy and immorality of his supporters, perhaps a third of us, will not vanish with him, and I'm not sure that the democracy has not been damaged too much to deal with their lawless, unprincipled rebellion, and I do not see this country's politics truly healing in the next 30 or 40 years. But at least the bleeding will be staunched. And we will have a chance to alter a phrase I heard somewhere to make America, America again. Thank you for all the kind words and all the support. Have fun storming the castle. My work here is done. Matter of fact, so is Trump's. Resist. Remove. Peace. All right, folks, that was Keith Olbermann. He... He is quitting. He's giving it up. But he left us with one caveat, and that Trump is finished. Um, he gave us seven reasons why Trump is finished or should be impeached. And I'm just, uh, I don't understand why he's quitting. He's uh, leaving. And his commentaries will, will be no more. I mean, that's sad for a lot of people. He, he made a lot of fans. I mean, he was fired from MSNBC and he, you know, he went on YouTube and it was a success. Even the Chicago, uh, uh, the Washington Post, the Chicago Sun-Times Tribune, um, um, New York Times, Washington Post, all of these uh, uh, super uh, news outlets were covering his commentaries. And Keith Oberman is a news guy, okay? He's a news guy. He, I don't think he's going to let retirement uh, keep him from uh, doing what he loves. I think he's going to get bitten again. You know, we'll just have to wait. But anyway, it's sad to see him go, and I wish him a lot of luck in whatever he chooses. Uh, but uh, his commentaries will always be with us. They're all over YouTube. They're all over everywhere. So we can always listen to him. And he's right. Majority of his uh, commentaries that he's done months ago, maybe even almost a year ago, is applicable, is applicable to what's going on today with Trump. So you can listen to one of his commentaries from four or five months ago. It'll be up to date with what's going on right now at this very moment pertaining to uh, politics in Washington and Donald Trump. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, and it's still beautiful in Chicago. It's 7.04, straight up, 
Chicago time, p.m., 7.04 p.m. in Chicago. I hope it's great where you are. And I hope you're not distressful or depressed or anything like that because life is too short. It'll, it'll pass you by in a moment. So try to enjoy everything that you can enjoy and be thankful for what you already have. Even if that's not much, be thankful for it because what little you have is a lot more than what some other people don't have, you know, so, and vote. <laughs> I threw that in there. I just said, vote, 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 vote. Don't sit back and, and let the world just crumble. Let America crumble. Do something about it. Get out there and storm the castle like uh, Keith Olbermann just said, storm the castle. Okay, here we go. Roy Moore, the guy who's running for the Senate seat, in Washington criticizes their effort to make sure all eligible voters can vote in Alabama. So this guy who's running for office is criticizing people who want to vote. He's criticizing people who are voting. This is typical Republican slander. He's criticizing people who are about to vote. His attack on registration clinics run by activists was grossly misleading. Reason why he's attacking people who are going to vote, because he knows that most of those people who are going to vote are not going to vote for him. And he knows the more people who vote, the more people who come out and vote, who go to the booth, who send in, um, uh, who vote from their homes or hospital beds or, or whatever, he knows they're not going to vote for him. People are going to storm those polls on, on December 12th. And he's trying to find a way, just like so many other Republican politicians, when their asses are on the line, he's trying to find a way to suppress the vote. He's trying to find a way to keep people, especially those folks in Alabama, from voting for them, from, from voting, period. He's criticizing the effort to make sure all eligible voters can vote in Alabama. In other words, folks, he's suppressing the vote, saying, don't vote, don't vote, don't vote, don't vote. Because if you don't vote, if people do not vote, if more people in Alabama do not vote, then he is a surefire candidate to win because that's why that's how Republicans win. They win when you don't vote, and they know this. That's why they don't. That's why Roy Moore is criticizing the effort. That's why he's criticizing the effort to make sure that you don't vote. He don't want you to vote. That's a damn shame. This is what Republicans are all about. And he's been this guy who don't want you to vote in Alabama has all these women coming out saying that he molested them while they were in their teens. And he's telling you not to vote. What? Uh, I mean, folks, if you're listening in Alabama, get your butts out there and vote. Do not listen to these guys. Do not listen to this guy. Do not listen to Republicans who are trying to stop you from voting. Voting is your right. 
and that's a shame because they they know that if you vote they're um not going to win anything roy moore the republican nominee for the alabama u.s senate seat accused democrats on tuesday of of, of attempting to register felons in order to sway the special election in his in his democratic uh to his democratic opponent the guy's afraid of losing i don't care if you are a felon if you're out on parole uh you should be able to vote you're an american you're an american so if you are a felon what he failed to acknowledge is that the new voters are all people who have done their time i'm saying who have done their time who are out of jail and they have the right to vote and he's criticizing them because they're they were locked up at one time they were in prison but then now they're free and he's saying that they shouldn't be voting the democrats are are trying to cheat give me a break and if the democrats are trying to cheat cheat some of the republicans are saying hey cheat on because we don't want this pedophile in in the senate with us but still and all this is just one one way that this guy is trying to suppress the vote to keep people from voting he's a now he should know himself because he is a former on the damn bench. Uh, he was a former federal judge, and now he's saying he's criticizing felons who have done their time, who are out of jail, maybe living upstanding lives, and now they want to vote, and he's criticizing them, saying don't vote because you were in jail. This is a suppression. This is suppression of the vote. He, don't want, he doesn't want people to vote, period. Because he knows if people vote, and there's nothing wrong, there's nothing in the Constitution that, that says, or any law that says felons or ex-convicts or prisoners should not vote. The only way they can vote is if they're in jail. You know, uh, who knows? They might be able to. They might get some time off to vote then if they're following what's going on in in, in the political world. But for this guy to do that. He's so afraid of losing. Okay, thousands thousand of Alabama felons registered to vote in the last minute. If 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 they were not about if they were not eligible to vote, they wouldn't be allowed to register. Why are these people being allowed to register if they're not eligible to vote? Because they are. They are thousands of thousands of Alabama felons registered to vote in the last minute. And this is what this guy is complaining about. They have the right to vote. They've done their time. They're out of jail. They're they're in society. Hopefully they will make something of them of their lives and stay out of jail. But they still have the right to vote. They're Americans. Uh, most of them are adults and they're over 18, uh, whatever. And they have the right to vote. And this guy is saying they should not. See, every time the Republicans get their asses in a sling, they bring out the Democrats. And the Democrats <laughs> have every right to try to get every liberal progressive in that state to vote. Because it's their right. It's, it is what Americans fought for. African Americans fought for the right to vote. They didn't fight for it. If, you, if you've been in prison and now that you've been let out, uh, that you can't vote. 
this is this this is a desperation move by uh, Roy Moore. I mean, this guy was a judge. He should know better. He should know better. But he's pissed off in general that people are going to be voting against him. And the thing about it, all all of this, if you've been following this guy on Twitter, he still calls himself Judge Roy Moore, and he's not a judge anymore. But still in all, if if he if he is a judge or if he was a judge, I'm pretty sure he was a bad one chasing young girls. Um, so and at the turn of the 20th century, Alabama passed a law blocking everyone convicted of a crime of moral, okay, turpitude from casting a ballot, a measure that was used largely to keep African-Americans off the voting rolls. Okay. After the U.S. Supreme Court struck the law down in 1985, the state narrowed its scope to felonies of moral turpitude and reinstated it in the state constitution. But the state never provided a clear definition of what those felonies were. Okay, the ambiguity left uh, local election officials with a broad discretion to decide what crimes would block people from voting. The law was uh, uh, applied inconsistently across the state. Last year, Alabama was sued on the grounds the law was unconstitutionally vague and racially discriminatory. In May, Governor Kay Ivory, Republican, signed a new law passed by Republican-controlled legislature defining 42 crimes, including murder, kidnapping, rape, as felons of moral turpitude. Okay, clarification meant that many people who may have been told they couldn't vote in the past were now clearly eligible. But Alabama's Secretary of State uh, said his office did not take any special action to educate people about the law. This is incredible. This is incredible. Whether these people, uh, these people who have been in jail, done their time, and now are upstanding citizens, whether they get to vote or not, Roy Moore is through. He is through because he's trying to suppress the vote, trying to stop people, not just felons, keep to keep felons from, from voting. I don't understand that law. I think it's a discriminatory law. I think it's a racial law. And as we know, Republicans are racist, blacks, Muslims, anybody who's not white. And uh, this is really, really bad. Uh, but I, you know, I'm going to say this, even if he tries to suppress the vote and these felons can't can't vote, I think he will still lose the election because of all of his other problems, all of his other problems. All right, you've been listening to the George Walter Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. We will be right back. As I bring in my first guest, senior political commentators Van Jones and Mike Shields, also Republican strategist Rick Wilson. I have to start with this question, Van. During an interview with Politico that was posted online this week, White House advisor, White House aide, whatever you want to call her, White House spokesperson maybe, Kellyanne Conway, took a shot at her critics once again. She told Politico 
that her critic, critics were, quote, unhappy people with poison keyboards. I guess what she's trying to say is that they're a bunch of internet trolls going out there just saying mean old things to Kellyanne who really isn't doing anything wrong. She doesn't understand why people are being so mean and horrible to her these days. Now, according to this interview that she gave with Politico, she had explained to her children that, yeah, look, mommy's going to be doing this thing. People are going to come at her. It's going to be you know, pretty ugly sometimes, but just deal with it. To be honest, that is a very good thing to tell your children. Yeah, when you're in the public spotlight, there's going to be the naysayers. But if she took the time to explain that to her children, maybe she should have taken the time to explain to her children that, hey, listen, mommy's going to have to go on TV and lie through her teeth to the American public about things that never happened. She is the one who came up with the term alternative facts. She is the one who invented the Bowling Green massacre that never happened. So I understand nobody likes to get criticized. But Kellyanne, you're inviting this on yourself. The people who criticize you, who call you out, are not unhappy people. I can tell you firsthand, I'm a very happy person. I love my life right now. But I will continue to criticize you anytime you feel the need to go on television and lie to the American public on behalf of Donald Trump. Anytime you make up a fake terrorist attack, we're going to be there, as will everybody else online. And it's not because we just dislike you. It's because we don't want you to continue to dumb down the United States. This is our civic duty to hold you and everyone else in your White House accountable. So you may think it's fine to go out there and give these interviews and attack the people who you claim are attacking you. But the truth is, all we're doing is trying to hold you accountable and to be honest, try to undo some of the damage that you're inflicting on the public today. There are Republicans out there in the United States today who honest to God believe that the Bowling Green Massacre was a thing, that it happened, that it was carried out by Iraqi immigrants, and that U.S. citizens died as a result of it. And that's all on you, Kellyanne. You're poisoning the public discourse. It's not the, the people who dislike you. They don't have the problems. You do. And you need to learn, and you need to take the time to teach your children that when you screw up, you do get held accountable. When you lie to hundreds of millions of people, they're going to come after you. And the only way you can make it right is to go out and apologize and try to do the right thing from that point forward. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. Folks, we are in some trying times. We are in some dark times. We must fight for an America without hate. We must fight for an America without bigotry. We must fight for an America without racism. We must fight for our rights. We must fight to continue to be Americans. Some of those rights are being threatened, taken away. But we have to get out here and fight the good fight. You know, and it has to be done, folks. It has to be in a non-violent way. We know how to do things non-violently. So let's go out and make our voices heard. Fighting non-violently.
All right, a uh, report claims that Matt Lauer, the guy who was uh, the television personality, everybody supposedly loved him before they found this out, uh, gave sex toy, exposed himself to female employees. They said the same thing about, about the other guy they fired, um, the other television personality. Wow. Okay, I, I can't say this is a lie. I can't say if, if it's the truth. I don't know. You know, people, a lot of people lie. A lot of people don't lie. And, you know, so he's been on television, television uh, today's show, uh, 20 years I'm hearing. And uh, uh, this is a new claim. This is a new claim. And I'm hearing that they had, that the uh, station investigated all the claims that were alleged towards him. And I guess they found something credible and they fired him, you know. So I was surprised. I was shocked. I'm pretty sure a lot of people were. A lot of people were in love with this guy. But uh, I guess he couldn't keep his clothes on or or keep his hands out, out of places where they weren't supposed to be, especially when it comes to women, some women. The far right group, okay, Trump amplified on oh, – oh, this guy is crazy. I mean, I don't even want to talk about that video. The video he retweeted of Muslim hate. This guy is a mess. And now his surrogates and his lackeys are going all over um, cable television on these talk shows and stuff trying to defend this guy. Every time he does something, they try to defend him. But you know what? Trump does these things to distract us. That's all he does. He figure out he figures out how to distract us. If he's not good at anything else, he's good at distracting the American public. He's good at that. He distracts us. Uh, the Republicans in Congress write up this legislation, pass it, and screws everybody. I think they're working together. I think Congress is saying, uh, Donald Trump, you you um, distract the American people because. We need to get this legislation through, and they're not going to like it. You distract them, and uh, we'll sneak this in. We'll sneak this by, and we're going to pass this because they're uh, uh, distracted. So I honestly think that these guys, guys and girls are working together. Congress and, and uh, Donald Trump are working together when it comes to distraction. It doesn't make sense for Trump to be this, this out of touch or this stupid without help at least not to me that's my opinion you know i i just don't think he's he's capable of being so stupid by himself so these guys and girls congress and donald trump they're working together i've said this on our earlier show that uh donald trump distracts us and congress the republicans in congress they uh come up with these come up this legislation uh that we don't like that's going to hurt everybody and they, they sneaks it on pass and and Donald Trump wants anything that he can sign because he hasn't he's been in office a year almost a year and he hasn't nothing legislatively under his sleeve so he's he doesn't give a damn what's in the bill he doesn't care how much it hurts how much it doesn't hurt how much is how how bad it is for the the economy and the american people he doesn't care he just wants something to sign he just wants something. I want something to sign. Get it to my desk so I can sign it. So he can say, Trump signed it. Trump signed this crap in the law. And this 
tax bill that they're trying to push through, and I I may go through, um, is a disastrous tax bill. And we have to learn how to not let Donald Trump distract us and pay attention to what's really going on in Congress, because that's how they that's how they screw us. They they distract us and then they uh, do things to hurt us because we weren't looking. We weren't paying attention. We were paying attention to Donald Trump and his tweets and and embarrassing uh, moments. Uh, with uh, the Navajo, I mean, he with this phrase he keeps uh, calling Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas. We just have to keep our eye on the ball because the Republicans and Donald Trump is gonna they're gonna try to keep our eyes off the ball, but we have to stay alert. We have to stay uh, positive, and we have to focus and concentrate on the right hand, or we're gonna miss what went on with the left hand if that makes any sense heaven help the child who never had a home heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone heaven help the roses Bombs begin to fall Heaven help the black man If he struggles one more day Heaven help the white man If he turns back away Heaven help the man Who kicks the man who has a crawl
All right, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I hope you join me tomorrow and every day after that. All right, you guys have a great uh, week. Appreciate your time. Uh, I want to thank my guest, Altuan Nelson. Uh, all right, take care, everybody. Bye-bye.